peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet, what's good? Surprise, surprise, there is a controversy afoot. Nothing new. There's always some kind of controversy. Anyway, we all know, or some of us might know, some of you might not know, what's going on with Netflix. Netflix is under some hot water because of something, a movie that that they have uploaded uh, to be streamed called Cuties. Um, there's major uproar and I believe for good reasons. I've heard people argue many different things back and forth. Won't really get into that too much, but I thought this was a perfect time to discuss a topic. So you always hear, well, there's some people who will mention a slippery slope and a lot of people don't like, don't like hearing that. I think because we live in such a time that that people are so independent, um, so self-reliant, which is not bad in and of itself, but they don't want to acknowledge the obvious, right? And there, over time, Throughout the course of history, there there have always been groups of people warning of certain things leading to other things. And I know that's something that a lot of people just don't like hearing. They don't like hearing that at all. A lot of people, when they hear things like that, they're like, oh, uh, you're a prude, you're uptight, whatever. Yo, we got a big problem. Um over-sexualization in general is a problem in general, but over-sexualization of ch or sexualization at all of children is definitely a big deal. Now, there have been some groups, like I said, made arguments one way or another about the movie. Some people are saying, why give so much attention to this and not attention to other movies that depict the same thing? I don't know about that. The one thing I do know is that this this particular movie was pushed in the forefront in everyone's face. And I I think that's what got it so much attention. But in this movie gaining so much attention, it gives me the opportunity to talk about something. And I'm going to go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 23. Let's get to that. So the book of Ezekiel, um, chapter 23 and verse 1. So I've read this before and I don't know how I blip past this. I was watching a video a couple days ago and a gentleman mentioned this portion of scripture. And when he mentioned it, I went back to it. I was like, yo, I just read through the book of Ezekiel like a month ago. And when I, when I, it's funny because I know I read this chapter. I read the whole book. I must have read on autopilot when I got to this section and blipped past it because 
the gentleman mentioned something and he didn't even necessarily mention uh, the thing that brought me this thought. But when I went back to the verses, I was like, oh, man, I got to do this. So anyway, normally in the Old Testament, when there is a parable being used, you will see uh, like this man was as this or the children of Israel were as this. You don't see that language being used here. And I'm fully convinced the fact that you don't see that language and there's two literal names mentioned. This is an actual story. So for those of you who are into hip hop and poetry, there's a double entendre in, in this portion of scripture. And what a double entendre is, for those who don't know, is when you have a word or phrase that has multiple meanings, right? So if you have a poem and that poem can be interpreted multiple ways, multiple meanings, that's a double entendre. It can be taken in, in you know, several ways. So in this portion of scripture, you have two sisters that are compared to the divided kingdom of, of Israel, uh, Judah and Israel. Judah being the southern kingdom, Israel being the northern kingdom. I'll explain a little bit of that when we get into this, but you also have to remember, like I said, I'm reading this and, and you'll see why I believe this. I don't think I'm off. This is an actual story. So not only is God using this to using a physical representation to show what the children of Israel did in idolatry and going after other gods and other cultures that was that was against what God had set out for them. This is also a literal story that actually happened. So anyway, let's get to this. Um, Ezekiel chapter 23 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. There were their breasts pressed and there they bruised the teats of their virginity. That word teats, I didn't know what it meant. Um, it means the soil or fertility left on lands by, uh, by feeding them. So you can read that verse again and definitely get what it's saying. We know what whoredoms is. That's sex outside of marriage. I look, as a matter of fact, I'll read the definition because I looked it up. I'm a word guy, as I always say, lewdness, fornication, practice of unlawful commerce with the other sex, sex outside of marriage. So they were, these two young ladies were whores. So the Bible called them. And their and the name and and the names of them, verse four, were Ahola, the elder, and Aholiba, her sister, and they were mine, and they bear sons and daughters. Thus were their names. Samaria is Ahola, and Jerusalem is Aholiba. Okay, so when the, when the kingdom of Israel, the children of Israel spread, uh, separated into two different kingdoms, you know, two or divided kingdom, you had the northern kingdom, which was Israel, 
and the the capital of that kingdom is Samaria. And you had the southern kingdom, which was Judah, and that capital was Jerusalem. Now, in the northern kingdom, you had 10 tribes. You know, there's 12 tribes. And in the southern kingdom, you had Judah. And for the life of me, it just like completely left my mind. I can't remember. I think there was, I think there might have been two tribes that were there, or a half of a tribe, something like that. I can't remember. I'll have to go over it again for those of you who might know, comment on a video. I can't remember offhand. So anyway, divided kingdom. So we have a real story, two sisters that were whores. So this is an actual story, but God is also using this story as a, a allegory. Um, and in this story, he is showing, giving a, a physical representation of what the children of Israel did, whoring after other gods. But in this, it also shows something else that was interesting to me. And that's what I wanted to get to. Verse 5, Ahola played the harlot when she was mine, and she doted on her lovers, on the Assyrians, her neighbors, which were clothed with blue, captains and rulers, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding upon horses. Thus she committed her whoredoms with them, with all, with all them that were the chosen men of Assyria, and with, and with all whom she doted, with all their idols she defiled herself. Neither left she her whoredoms uh, brought from Egypt, for in her youth they lay with her, and they bruised the breast of her virginity, and poured their whoredom upon her. Wherefore, I have delivered her unto the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, upon whom she doted. They discovered her nakedness. They took her sons and her daughters and slew her with the sword. And she became famous among women, for they had executed judgment upon her, the very thing that she poured herself out to, destroyed her. But this is what is very interesting. In verse 11, the Bible says, And when her sister, Aholibah, saw this, now this is her younger sister, so her, her younger sister seeing the things that she's doing, it says she was more corrupt in her inordinate love than she, and her whoredom, more than her sister and her whoredoms. This, so I didn't do this for my kids and I wish I should have. I wish I, I should have and I, I wish I would have. Um, these verses are very good verses to go over, especially with older siblings, showing them the residual consequences of their bad, bad decisions, their sin. I'm not, I'm not going to make this a blanket statement, but I know it's definitely a thing. A lot of times when younger siblings see their older siblings do something, they normally make the same mistakes, and a lot of times it's worse. We see that being played out in um, uh, out right here, verse 11. So verse 12 she doted upon the Assyrians, her neighbors, 
captains and rulers, clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding upon horses, all of them desirable young men. Here's another thing I noticed in this. So there is, now I do understand that there, there are times, and I've seen this in some women where they don't care so much about visual, but I think it's a misconception. I think amongst guys, and maybe I'm mistaken, I'm not a woman, but judging from these verses, clearly this woman was definitely very interested in what she saw in these men. And I say that to say that there's a, a common misconception that women don't have lust issues like men have lust issues. Look, I found out in the, in the past couple months that there's many women that have some of the same issues that guys have. And I never realized this just kind of off the beaten path there. But anyway, uh, verse 13, then I saw that she was defiled, uh, that they took both one way and that she increased her whoredoms. For when she saw men now pay very close attention to this right here, this is what like I read past this. I definitely must have blipped over, not must have. I definitely blipped over this when I was reading through the book of Ezekiel, because I would have definitely parked here for a while and had some thoughts. And that she increased her whoredoms for when she saw men portrayed upon the wall. So these were drawings, right? This, this would be the, the magazine of the day. The images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion, that's a dye, um, girded with girdles upon their loins, exceeding uh, in dyed attire upon their heads, all of them princes to look to. Um, hold on, I got something pop up on my screen here. Uh, where was that? Verse, uh, verse 15. Yeah. Girded with girdles upon their loins, exceeding in dyed attire upon the, upon their heads, all of them princes to look to after the manner of the Babylonians of the Chaldea, of Chaldea, the land of their nativity. And as soon as she saw them with her eyes, she doted upon them and sent messengers unto them, unto Chaldea. Notice what she lusted after with her eyes eventually pushed her to action. So it is, it is very clear here that what you see definitely affects what you do. And this is something that many of us don't like to hear. Many of us don't want to hear. I can tell you for a fact that this is the truth. What you see affects what you do. She was just seeing the images of these men and was so moved by that, that she sent messengers had to have the dudes pretty crazy. Um, where was I at? I'll start over at, uh, let's see. Verse 17. And the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their whoredom. And she was polluted with them, and her mind was alienated from them. So she discovered her whoredoms, 
and discovered her nakedness, then my mind was alienated from her, like as my mind was alienated from her sister, yet she multiplied her whoredoms in calling to remembrance the days of her youth, wherein she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt. For so she doted upon the paramours, um, whose flesh is as the flesh of asses, those are donkeys, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. For those who don't understand what that meant, I want you to listen to that again. Remember, she's lusting after these men. For she doted upon their paramours, and I looked up that word, I'll look it up again, let me get to my dictionary, because words like that are definitely not used now, that's a lover or wooer. Alright, so go back to it. So she doted upon their paramours, whose flesh is, is as the flesh of asses, and whose issue like the issue of horses. This girl was burned up with lust. She followed after her sister, it snowballed, and she went on her merry way. What was my point in going, going over all of that? I think a lot of times people, especially believers, are outraged by something that happens socially. We see or hear something that's going on socially and we say to ourselves, hey, this probably should not be. This is going to lead to something else. People don't like to hear that. People don't like to hear that at all. People just want to go their way. They want to do their own thing. They want to stick their head in the sand like an ostrich and act like they don't know where this is leading. So this is where I go back to this movie that came out on Netflix, Cuties. For the longest time, people have said, many believers have said, if we keep shifting the goalposts and keep accepting more and more lewdness, it is only going to lead to more and more lewdness and is only going to get worse. We, seen, we see that played out in these verses. The sister did one thing. The younger sister saw what she did and she went even further. She pushed the boundaries even more. The thing about the thing about freedom, and I've said this before, I love and I enjoy freedom. Some people, I believe, need to understand that freedom doesn't remove responsibility. As a believer, I can go out here and say whatever I want. But I also have a responsibility. Other people will be affected by what I say. So I have a responsibility to be responsible in what I say. Nobody can force me to be, but I should be. When we push the boundaries, things only get worse. It doesn't get better. And especially when you're dealing with, with sexual immorality. Think about this. I can't remember the, the, the man's name who came out, there was a study, this was years ago, before Hugh Hefner and before Playboy magazine. His study, whatever study it was, and I'm sure some of you remember the gentleman's name for the life of me, 
I can't I can't remember it. This kind of off the cuff. I didn't really intend on saying this. His thought process and what he believed is what led to Hugh Hefner and Playboy magazine. Playboy magazine led to Hustler magazine. These are these are pornographic magazines. I know a lot of us believers, you can act like you don't know what they are. You act like, you know, you've never seen some of this stuff. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, man, good for you. I wish I wish I could say that. Which led to the porn industry, videos, websites. More and more lewd stuff is done. More and more is accepted. So here's my issue with something like the movie Cuties. And as I said before, I'm not saying that this movie is the only movie to ever depict young people in a way they shouldn't be depicted. And here's the problem with the slippery slope. This has been done before, right? This is not new. It was never pushed in people's faces. So now the goalposts have shifted, right? Oh, it's been done. Okay, now we can put it at the forefront. When this is accepted at the forefront, then they can go to the next step. I literally, I was on YouTube. Um, I, I cannot remember whose video I was watching, but they went over the fact that in some countries they're trying to, I guess, legalize or justify pedophilia. Now, let me deal with this because I know some people are going to say this. In, in many older cultures there were different arrangements when it comes to marriage before you use that as a justification for a a wide gaping disparaging of age between two people i would highly admonish you actually look up how it was done thousands of years ago because it's it's not quite like people think it was i know that's a tangent but anyway so in this video i was watching there was a woman that had a uh, the person in the video cited this other video and they showed it there was a woman holding a ted talk and in her ted talk she was making the argument that pedophilia is no different than somebody who is in the LGBTQ plus community. It's not different than a, a guy who is gay. It's not different than a lesbian. It's not different than a transgender. It's just another form of attraction. They were born this. This is literally what this woman was arguing. What's next? What is next? So this is this was the reason for that and the reason for going to these verses. I believe in these verses... God used these verses to show the the spiritual whoredom of the children of Israel and the two kingdoms, the northern and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. But this is also an actual story. So in this actual story, we can also see what happens when you push the boundaries of morality. When you push the boundaries of sexual morality, it doesn't get better. When you move that goalpost, it only keeps moving back farther and farther. It's a snowball effect. This is something that people have been saying for years and people have argued. This is a real thing.
I am very glad to see the amount of people who are outraged by what Netflix was trying to push. And I've, like I said earlier, I've heard the arguments. People have said, well, this movie was showing the, the, the over-sexualization of children. First of all, children shouldn't be sexualized anyway, period. And how can you, how can you, so what you're arguing is I want to show you the ills of sexualizing children by sexualizing children. That is nonsense. That's a slippery slope. That's exactly what that is. Once that goalpost is moved back, the depravity doesn't get better. It only gets worse. And I hope everybody's paying attention and not falling asleep at the will. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.